Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning, uh, here in a few minutes, I'm going to pre- I'm going to play the audio from a video I created yesterday morning that went on YouTube and BitChute. And just for you podcast listeners. I just want to let you know, I sent out an email last week, uh, but for those of you who, who do not watch the YouTube channel or those of you who are not on the email list, you just listen to the podcast, uh, trying to do a video every week or every other week uh, that's actually just a full video. It's usually a short 10-minute conversation. So uh, after I'm done speaking uh, this morning, I'm going to play that audio for you. Uh, But before we do that, we're going to read about the narrow door or the narrow gate uh, out of the book of Luke this morning. Now, I don't know about those of you listening, but it feels to me like the spiritual warfare, at least for me personally, has really just ramped up recently. And maybe some of you can relate. Um, spiritual warfare, you know, where you're just, you feel like you're just battling. You feel like you're having to battle even harder against, against the flesh. You're, you feel like there's uh, darts being thrown at you from every angle trying to trip you up or to, to cause you to fail. And there's, you know, spiritual warfare has, has definitely ramped up. Um, from what I can feel personally, and and maybe it's just uh, a season for myself, but or maybe it's something that's happening to God's people worldwide. We're definitely living in a very wild and bizarre time, and you know I started doing this well like eight years ago, so I've been doing it for almost a decade. And I knew then that things were getting very weird, right? And that there was a spiritual war taking place and that there was a, uh, that the battle for the human soul was, was ramping up and evil was going to go to a new height. Like I knew all of that. I could, I could see all of that a decade ago, but there's, there's some things that, that we're seeing that I just never imagined. And it's bizarre. It's it's lunacy. I I can't believe the absurdities that humanity as a whole have embraced and accepted. Uh it's dumbfounding. It's astonishing. Uh there is a great deception that's over mankind right now that's that uh, I'm, I lack the words to describe how shocking it all is we're going into a season one of the things that I have warned uh, all of you to watch for going all the way back to 2014 was watch for an increase in artificial intelligence and genetic modification. And as that ramps up, I believe we were getting closer to uh, 
the beast system and the literal beast and the literal image of the beast and those things. And man, we, we're definitely on the cusp of that possible reality, aren't we? The Tower of Babel is rebuilt. I mean, humanity is connected worldwide. Global governance is, is on the horizon. It's already here, but it's, it'll be given a, a name and be, it'll be embraced by a majority of humans, human beings, with the exception of the remnant of God who, who can see what it is. But unfortunately, the remnant of God is much smaller than what people realize. And so that's going to lead me into the narrow door here that I'm going to read real quickly. And then I'll play the audio from the vlog that I made yesterday. Uh, I'll just say one last thing before we get started. For the last, you know, the the title of the podcast is Scripture and Prophecy. And for several years we focused really heavily on prophecy. And for the last few years we've we've focused heavily on just doctrine understanding the Bible, uh, the Torah portions, those kinds of things. I think, and again, I just try to let God and let the Holy Spirit guide me on how we do things, but I have a feeling we're going back into heavy watch and heavy prophetic um, study of the prophecies, of the parables of Jesus um, of the Old Testament prophets, uh, those types of things. Uh, we may need to revisit the book of Revelation. Um, I did a complete study on that, but I think it's been like five years, and I've forgotten most of what I've... I mean, I haven't forgotten what I believe about the book of Revelation or what I think everything teaches, but I don't, you know, I don't remember everything I covered and everything I said, uh, which means it's a good time to jump back in and take a fresh perspective on it. Uh, We've covered the book of Enoch twice, but we may need to do it a third time, um, along with some of the apocryphal books like Second Esdras. And so, there's a lot that I'm I'm thinking about as we do this next year of the podcast, Lord willing. Um, but if the Lord allows, I think we're going to be focusing a lot heavier on on the prophetic as we move forward. Uh, so there you have it. A lot of rambling from me this morning. Um, you know, I just got done saying that, you know, the remnant of God is small, smaller than what people realize because there's a lot of people who think they're sheep, but they're really goats. Let's look at the narrow gate and then I'll play the audio from the vlog to end, but let's spend five minutes here with Luke chapter 13. We're going to start with verse 22. And he's on his way to Jerusalem, right? And so just to set the stage, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. This is the point in time when he's going to weep over Jerusalem because he knows they're going to reject him. He knows that as a result of that rejection, there's going to be desolation. That judgment is coming upon Jerusalem and the Jewish people for the rejection of him. So he weeps over Jerusalem, those kinds of things. But before he gets to that point, as he's coming into Jerusalem, 
we get to verse 22. And it says, And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying, journeying towards Jerusalem. And then verse 23. And then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them. So the question is, Lord, is it true that there's there's only a small number of people who get saved. You know, are there few that get saved? Verse 24, this is Jesus' words, his response. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. So let's start with his first part of his response. He says, strive to enter into the straight gate. There's going to be a lot of people that are trying to enter the kingdom of God, but they're not going to be able to. Okay, so those are some frightening words. Jesus talks a lot about people who are servants, but they're evil servants, or they think themselves to be servants. They call him Lord, but they're not really. He doesn't actually know them. Like these are some very scary thoughts and dangerous things, which is why the Apostle Paul says to work your salvation out with fear and trembling. Examine yourself and make sure you're in the faith. Continuing on, verse 25, When once the master of the house is risen up, and hath shut the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and I shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. So again, we've talked about this before when we talk about the parable of the ten maidens, ten virgins. They, five are wise, five are foolish, you know. The shout comes, the doors close, they all enter into the wedding supper and the doors close, but then the others come and they knock and they say, let us in too, Lord. And he says, sorry, I don't know you. So he's using that same type of description here. The point he's making is once the door is shut, it's shut. It cannot be unshut. There's Here in a minute, you're going to hear the audio from the conversation I had yesterday. And I talk about, you know, that very thing. Like, if he comes back and you're not ready, you decided to go back to sinful behavior, it's too late, Right? And you'll hear that audio here in a minute. But that's what Jesus is saying. Once the door's shut, it's over. Like, today is the day of salvation, isn't it? Like, there's going to be a lot of people that are like, they know know who Jesus is. They want to be part of the kingdom of God, but they don't want to give up their life, their lifestyle, or whatever type of sin that they've embraced, their sinful life. And then Jesus is going to return, and at that moment it's too late, and they're going to be asking for mercy then, but the day of mercy's over. The time of mercy's over. Let's continue on. Verse 26, Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and we have drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. Now, this specifically is obviously, he's talking about those who have observed him, right? Remember the context is, He's going to be weeping over Jerusalem. But the principles apply to us today. Verse 27. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. 
there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, they that are last which shall be first and they which are first shall be last. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out, and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. So a a lot of this message is to to the Pharisees. Like, you think you're special, the religious leaders. But you're going to be weeping. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see the prophets and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and they've entered into the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrust out, even though you think you're like lords over everybody. So they say, you need, they tell him, you need to go. Herod's going to kill you. Verse 32, and he said unto them, go ye and tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils. I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. He's talking about his resurrection. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. And that's where I'm going to stop for this morning. And I'm just going to kick it over to the audio from the teaching I did yesterday morning on the video. I just want to say that we need to be on high defense. We need to really be clinging to the Word of God. We need to really be begging the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to help us. Because the war is heating up. And I'm talking about the spiritual war. And we're going to need strength in the the, the weeks, months, years to come. May God have mercy on us all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be back with you on Monday. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another video. I've been trying to get these out once a week. I think we're doing a pretty good job. Uh, We're pretty close to doing once a week these short video conversations. I'm actually just going to talk a little bit more about what we studied yesterday in the book of Romans. And then I'm going to read some words of Jesus out of Matthew chapter 24. The big thing that stuck out to me in our study yesterday out of the book of Romans chapter 12. Let me just read that very first, like three verse, two verses for you. Paul says, therefore I urge you brethren by the memory or by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I mentioned that, and let me read one more verse. A few more verses down, he says, "Let, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor, in other words, detest, what is evil and cling to what is good.
one of the biggest issues with the church and with Christianity's day is rather than being a light on a hilltop or being set apart holy, Kodesh, the church has decided to be like the rest of the world. And the excuse given, and that's what it is, is an excuse for sin. The excuse given is all we want to be relevant uh, so we can draw people in. Well, you're drawing people in to worship a false god because the God of the Bible is telling you to be transformed, to set yourself apart from the world, to be a salt to the earth. Jesus says, what good is salt if it loses its saltiness? It's, it's not even good for the dung pile. And what's it mean to renew your mind? So Paul says, don't be conformed to the world. And then he starts talking about renewing your mind. So you separate yourself from worldly, ungodly things that affect your way of thinking and impact your heart. Stop putting before your eyes wickedness. Replace it with godliness, like the word of God, and your mind begins to be renewed. The way you think begins to be renewed. Your standards begin to be more like Christ and less like the world's. It's a big problem in the church today. Let me just tell you, I've been doing this for almost a decade. I have yet to this day to have a church contact me and say, hey, would you come speak? Would you come teach? Because the words that are coming out of my mouth right now are not really welcome in modern day Christianity. In modern day, in modern day churches, because the words that you won't hear in many churches—not all, but many churches today—is sin, repentance, holiness, righteousness. Right? Those are not the things you're going to hear. And additionally, I think. A lot of Christians have fell asleep as of late. Even the ones who were on fire for a while, and we're all in danger of this if we're not careful. Going back to the world is even more dangerous. There's so many warnings in Scripture about, you know, you come out of the darkness, but then you go back into the darkness. Jesus says, you know, you clean out your house, but then the demon will go and get seven more just as wicked as itself and they'll come back and the condition of the person is even worse than it was in the beginning. M meaning if you, and he, the book of Hebrews talks about this, you know, you taste the light and you go in that direction, but then you say, you know what? And you go back to your life of sin. The condition that you are now in is worse than before this worldliness and Jesus gives us a grave warning about this especially as you see the day approaching so let's go to Matthew 24 we're gonna start with verse 43 actually let's start with 42 watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord 
doeth come, doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, and he would not have suffered his house to be broken up. What's the point being made here? It's really hard for a thief to break into your house if you're sitting on the couch with a loaded shotgun. Watching and ready, right? But if you're asleep, and you're not expecting it, and you're off guard, then it can happen. That's the point he's trying to make. He's saying you need to be paying attention, you need to be watching. If you're not paying attention, you may be caught off guard. Verse 44, Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, Blessed is the servant that when I come back, He's busy about the business of the kingdom of God. He's being a good steward over what the Lord has entrusted to him. He's, you get what I'm saying? He's taking care of the things. He's taking care of the vineyard. He's taking care of God's kingdom. He's involved in the work. Now here's the warning. So he says, Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware of, and he shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's Jesus saying here? He's saying... If a servant of mine decides to be evil and think to himself, well, it doesn't look like the Lord's coming, and he goes back into sinful behavior. That's what he's that's the picture he's painting here with the drinking with the drunkards, and he goes back to his life of sin. Then the Lord comes back. So you have two examples. The Lord comes back, one is busy about the kingdom, taking care of and being a good steward of the things that God has entrusted to him or her. And then the one who went back to his life of sin. One is made ruler over all of God's goods in eternity. The other is appointed a portion with the hypocrites where there is weeping of gnashing of teeth. If you think your actions don't matter, you couldn't be more wrong. You have to persevere in the faith. We have to come out of worldliness. And we're living in a time when it may be the most challenging time in human history because we're being bombarded every minute, every day with filth. 
And so in our time, in our generation, more than ever, we need to cling to this and be careful about what is going before your eyes and your mind. That is the video for this morning. I wanted to keep it short. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged and strengthened. If you like it, please hit the thumbs up, leave a comment, share it with other people. Thank you for praying for the podcast and listening to the podcast. And thank you for your financial support. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.